0: So today's guests are Sean O'Brien, and we have a very special guest from our board of management, John Fanagan, and he has a great experience in Columbus College uh, for or 35 years, so he's joining us to have a bit of a conversation around Shakespeare today, and kind of, I suppose, we're just looking at Shakespeare's birthday yesterday, the 23rd of April. So we don't know exactly when Shakespeare was born. Um, There's no record officially of it, but we do know that he died um, on the 23rd of April and we know that he died, or sorry, he was born in and around the 23rd. So historians and academics kind of attribute um, the 23rd of April to, to his birthday. So we might just talk a little bit about his legacy today and kind of performance. And why do we still perform? Why do we still teach texts like Macbeth and Hamlet? Why do companies, tour companies, acting companies, uh, take on things like Macbeth and Hamlet. Um, And I'm your host, as always, Catherine Hickey, um, and welcome and enjoy.
1: Nought's had, all spent, when our desire is God without content. It is safer to be that which we destroy than by destruction.
0: Dwell in doubtful joy. Uh, so, John, you have a fact about Shakespeare's birthday. Do you mind um, telling us a little bit about it? Yeah,
1: because I was, as I said to Catherine earlier, I'm so old that Shakespeare was only just dead when I was born. <laughs> but as Catherine rightly said, we aren't sure the day he was born. We know the day he died, because that's recorded. But he was christened on the 26th of April. So they reckoned that he was probably born three days earlier. Mm. So, and it was just, it, ma- it made it so symmetrical to have him being born and dying on the same day, the 23rd of April, which is also, as you all know, St George's Day, the patron saint of England. So it's it really suits.
0: That's it. Yeah, I suppose the probably patron saint of literature in England. We could consider yes. Shakespeare to be. So yeah, we as I was, I was saying, we're just kind of talking about Shakespeare and his legacy. I suppose because uh, we're just celebrating. There, we're currently recording this on the twenty fourth of April. So yeah. Shakespeare's birthday yesterday, and mm-hmm. uh, we're just having a look. Kind of, I suppose at Macbeth, and we kind of talked a little bit about this and things like that. Um, but like even Hamlet, we were also kind of maybe might have a bit of discussion about that. Um, or some of the other texts that we're kind of familiar with and you know why do we why do we turn to these texts okay so we think about performance aspect um so we're just having a a chat there, you know, our second years are off to to uh, to London soon and we're going to go off to see a, a production of Midsummer Night's Dream Brilliant. and it's just kind of that idea was why are we still performing Shakespeare uh, 400 have I got that right Sean? Because remember <laughs> Alan Cox <laughs> co- uh, corrected me the last time, that's the reason why I'm not a maths teacher okay? Right. Maths is one of um, reasons. It is me, yeah, yeah, so um, yeah, so Sean is uh, 35 years sorry, Sean of, of um, English teaching English, Columbus and then obviously we have Sean O'Brien, the English and maths genius that he is. Um, so yeah, so why are we still performing Shakespeare 400 years? It's to go back to that, why are we still performing it 400 years on?
1: It's a very good question uh, but I think uh, and you said that when they tried, to, that there was a, a move afoot to remove Shakespeare from, was it the junior circle? So um,
0: yeah, it was the Junior. so yeah, yeah, I can come back to that, yeah, but yeah, when they were trying to move it there, the,
1: there was uproar and you know it, I... I all I know about it from my own point of view is that uh, having taught English for 35 years, uh, teaching Shakespeare was by far the aspect of teaching that I enjoyed most. And I'm not quite sure how it was. I mean, ap- apart from the fact that I must have been a brilliant teacher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, no, I thought that uh, the, the, the kids responded to it. I don't know why. Mm. I, I really don't know why. Because the language can be very difficult. It can be very challenging. Mm. But I think that, um, first of all, they're great stories. And, you know, you mentioned Macbeth. And I'll just take two words from the text of Macbeth. I think it's Macbeth talking about it. It's getting dark. And he says, light thickens. Now, just think about that. What What kind of a brilliant mind do you have to have? How does light get thick and yet it perfectly describes, you know, when things are getting, you know, dim and 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 you know darkness is coming. But that's, that's one I think it was maybe he was French, but somebody said, after God, Shakespeare created most.
0: Hmm. Oh, okay. And that's I
1: think so- I I think somehow uh, you I, I, and everyone, everyone, no matter how challenged they are, maybe academically, can get Something out of Shakespeare, they really can, and the, the range of characters is extraordinary. It's tough, maybe on girls. I don't know, and I, I like I, I taught at a co-ed school, but it's tough on them that there are so few women mm. characters. Of course, they'd all be played by boys. They're either uh, very young, like Juliet, or else they're like the nurse in, in, in yeah. Romeo and Juliet. You know, yeah. they're they're kind of older women but I I wonder do if girls and you two might be able to answer me that do they find it more challenging to identify with Shakespeare than boys
0: yeah we we kind of had a brief discussion about that Mm. didn't we I suppose um kind of in terms of when we're talking about gender and the masculinity within Macbeth and things like that. And that Lady Macbeth, you know, it is it is difficult because a, like a lot of the characters, a lot of the women characters aren't very fleshed out, you know. But then you have this strong, interesting character in Lady Macbeth, you know, if you look yes. at kind of the sixth years, and I think she's kind of an interesting character. And when you hear female actresses or actors, female actors, um, Kind of discussing terms so some of the roles, not just in general and not just Shakespeare, Shakespearean roles. That Mac, Lady Macbeth is a, a role that they want to take on. Um, in terms of engaging, I think it, again it, it depends on, and you know, in terms of, like you are saying, engage. You know, students engaging. I think it depends on the teacher as well, and see, you know. Um, how much they engage, and I've had students in the past. like, got oh, you know Masiki just gets Shakespeare, and I just didn't. Yeah. And she was a female student, so she really enjoyed it and things like yes. that. And I think I think it's for any aspect um, mm-hmm. of the English course. Like if you're passionate about it or you're passionate about something, then hopefully that passion rubs yeah. off. Um, Sean, I don't know how you feel, how your students engage with Shakespeare.
2: Um, yeah, no, I I think uh, coming back to what John had said, just the quality of the stories is from from my money. That's that's what keeps coming. Keeps coming back, and what what keeps students interested in the material. Um, another interesting but very ancillary character who I find <clears throat> to be a very interesting female character is uh, Bianca in Othello, <gasps> because ah. she's only there for very very short moments. So she is for the students here. I mean, last year six years would have had, uh, would have studied Othello. So there's not no one at the moment is probably listening has. Uh, is going to engage with it. But Bianca was, uh, is on the island of Cyprus and she's, um, she's a prostitute mm. and she is uh, laying with uh, Cassio, who is one of the, who is a, a disgraced uh, former lieutenant of, of the General Apello And she points out at one point that uh, another one of the female characters, Emilia, uh, sh- shouts at her, uh, out at her thigh strumpet uh, after her husband is after... um. Trying to um, stitch Bianca up for mm. a crime. Um, and Bianca is, the, the, you know, she is at the lowest socioeconomic position of uh, almost any character in any of the plays. You know, she, um, uh, you know Cyprus is being um, uh, commandeered by the Venetians, so they're already a col- colonized people. And then she's a woman. So that's another aspect mm. where she's disenfranchised mm. and she's on the lowest socioeconomic rung within that place. So she's even more disenfranchised and she still has the wherewithal to sort of shout back to her, to say that, you know, to, to point out any contradictions uh, that uh, Amelia says, you know, that, Oh, you're just, um yeah, just, just a prostitute. But, she gives voice to the idea that like, I know where I'm at, but, um, uh, you know, that, that I, I'm comfortable with my identity and I'm aware of it. And she sort of owns her own position when she does that. And what I, I always felt that Shakespeare gives everyone their voice to be able to, um, to, to be themselves, no matter what position Mm. they're at. Mm -hmm. And so, it's just that it was unfo- it's an unfortunate <laughs> consequence of the fact that women were not in the public domain in the same way. Absolutely. I know there was Queen Elizabeth the First, but um, yeah, that that it's it, it, it's um, it's he he was an equal opportunities kind of voice. He gave everyone uh, their chance, you know. He did as as best he could <clears throat> with the stories that were available and that he knew were going to sell. I mean, Alan was great at bringing up the point that um, ultimately the, all these shows have to sell. So sure. They had to they had to get people in the door right. and who is going to be wandering around London and buying tickets? Men were and so the stories were going yeah. to be more yeah.
1: centred around male stories I guess at the time. Yeah, talking about that and saleability um, I, I know that a number of your, your six years of being doing Macbeth. I've seen I don't know how many productions of Macbeth and um it's almost impossible, in my view, to uh, see it performed successfully on stage. The best version I ever saw, and I would recommend—I I don't know if you, you can access it—it was a black and white television version that was made uh, in the in the seventies, starring Judy Dench and Ian McKellen as okay. Macbeth and Lady Macbeth.
2: Yeah.
1: I, but I want to pop back for a second mm. to Othello that Sean mentioned. Uh, again, because I was teaching for so long, it's only relatively recently that it was even on the leaving cert. Uh, it, it was Hamlet, um, Macbeth and King Lear were all on it. Not Othello. Too much sex, I suspect. Yes, I, would I mean quite say so. possibly yes. actually, yeah. yeah. Tapping, well, what
0: but, is it? Is Black Ram tupping your white, white you, yeah. White you yeah.
1: yeah. It's astonishing the number of people that I taught. That was the only quotation. I remember <laughs> you, <laughs> that you remember. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. getting back to the stories, I have a little theory that I want to I don't get don't get much I don't get out much. I don't get much chance <laughs> to promulgate this. Yeah. Um Macbeth Shakespeare wrote Hamlet before he wrote Macbeth, and in my view, it's it's the the daddy of them all. Yeah. Though T. S. Eliot uh, had the 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 great poet and critic had a view that Macbeth, sorry, that Hamlet is it's a very flawed play, and he said it's great because it's famous not famous because it's great mm. it is the mona lisa of literature that's what, mm. that's, okay, what, that's, that's, a, what that's what that's yeah. the, the TSL is i don't agree with him at all okay. but <laughs> but i think hamlet on on stage it's of course it's so long mm. uh, but it's brilliant of course yeah. uh, but uh, macbeth is very difficult and I, I think the reason macbeth is difficult is because and the reason this TV adaptation that I mentioned with mm-hmm. Ian McKellen and Judy Dent... Two powerhouses, right.
0: absolutely powerhouses of Shakespeare as well. Yeah. But, yeah. but
1: it, everything was so close up, yeah. it was oh, as yeah. if you were inside their heads the whole oh, time. Oh, fantastic, right? yeah. And like there was nothing else, almost nothing yeah. else. Yeah. It, 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 the, all of the stuff was irrelevant. Yeah. But that was... Uh, and my, but my experience of teaching both was, was... that They were equally, I mean, fantastic to teach both. Yeah. Fantastic to yeah.
0: teach yeah I think it's interesting because I think we kind of mentioned that a little bit John ourselves when we were talking about Macbeth and I kind of mentioned as well I suppose one of the technical things that's really hard about Macbeth is um, chopping Macbeth's head off at the end yeah, you yes. know like how do because I've, I've been to the, and I've been to the Globe and I've seen productions in the Globe yeah, yeah. and you're just like that mannequin has red hair and <laughs> yeah. the actor had black hair and I, I'm just not making what's going on there I think that yeah. you know, those kinds of things it can be I think you know it's it. It's interesting to see how people adapt Shakespeare and how they kind of read into the, the you know the the, the subtext, I suppose, of the of the the different, um, the different performances. And you know Macbeth. I've seen uh, productions where I think I talked a little bit about this where Lady Macbeth and Macbeth were kind of like. You, you know, they're really together, but then when they start but going apart, we kind of have to see this physical abuse of, from of Macbeth, but Lady really? Macbeth. Yeah. So I think that's really interesting. But I think, yeah, I think there is, it can be hard. I suppose it is so psychological. I think maybe that kind of, those close-ups of the TV series, TV adaptation really helped. I've Similarly, I've seen productions of Hamlet where, you know, because, and I think it's very interesting when you say about a flawed play because it, and there's so many different versions of yeah. it. So you don't, where is that to be or to be speech? You know, why does he why does he procrastinate so much and then so much happens in such a little space of time? And I've seen productions where just, and I don't normally laugh at like, you know, misadventure or things like that. I, I you know take those things very seriously. But I've seen a production where it just just the way all the deaths happened. I was like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, kind of sitting there watching that. So I think it's very um, important to kind of yeah to figure that out and, and give that nod, I suppose, to Shakespeare and do those do the um, you know form those deaths to the way Ham or Shakespeare would have liked. But I just kind of talking about subtext and talking about women as well that we were kind of talking about there, um, and I want to kind of talk about Gertrude for a little while. Ah. And um, this idea of and talking about kind of I suppose a postmodern view of things as well, you know, that we look at we look at Shakespeare and we look at women and we think, Oh, and God you could talk about forever for the taming of the shrew and how do we take Katrina's, you know, or Katarina's um, final speech, like how do how do we how do we view that? Is Shakespeare saying that women should be submissive towards men, or what, what, what is he really saying there? <laughs> um, but I think Gertrude is kind of this... I think she's very wronged by Hamlet for a long time, and feel like Ophelia really goes through it. We don't have a great representation of, of females in Hamlet. But this idea of subtext and performance with Hamlet and Gertrude and that kind of mother-son uh, relationship, and adding that Freudian Oedipus mm. complex, I don't know if you guys have any opinions on that. Do you feel, you know... That there could be there, like obviously I think as Olivier, the famous Olivier performances and there, there's, there is that subconta- uh, subtext with uh, Gertrude and Hamlet that there is something sexual yeah. kind of going on there. I don't know what you guys feel about that. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: I do, I, I acted in one when I was in UCD and I, I do remember that at the end of that scene uh, where he's with Gertrude that he kisses her full on the mouth. And you know, it was very edible that that particular production. Yeah. But um, I, I, I,
0: I, you don't think there's any merit behind it, or yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why not? Okay. yeah, Yeah, yeah.
2: I suppose it's um, you know, you're when you have a child, you're you're so beholden to them, and their happiness is so much of your your existence. You know that that you are inevitably like bound so tightly to one another. Um, and I I do think it's, it's natural that there's a a closeness that comes, but I suppose the, the sexualized version of it uh, is maybe a little bit harder to understand, but it is your, your first role model of, you know, the mm. opposite sex is the first person mm. you're introduced to that, um, and Hamlet's led a reasonably like sheltered life and there's, you know, no one will ever kind of be deemed good enough uh, for, for a prince like, you know, so um, mm. it's unsurprising that there's this one woman who's above, above it all and up until the <coughs> point when he meets and falls for Ophelia, I suppose. Mm. Um, But do I think that there's a, problem with it or do it th- I, th- I think it's probably a healthy introduction <laughs> as, as much as hamlet can be healthy anyway <laughs> yeah. but to, to that idea like you know our students are getting exposed to these ideas and it's uh, i don't know I, th- I think it's a pretty um solid way of beginning to discuss those ideas of closeness for students to see it the first time around
1: how do you both feel about teaching hamlet as a play as opposed to macbeth because i this, my theory is coming in a
0: Oh, go on. Um, well, I, ha- I actually have 50 years. John yes, doesn't have 50 years, years this year. year oh, but, right. um yeah.
1: Have you taught him before? I, ha- I have taught
0: him. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, I find it ver- that we were chatting about this idea of, so, you know, you know, Shakespeare's on as an option. You can do it as a single text or you can do it as part of the comparative. And, you know, Hound is long. It's long. You know, he has the most lines. We were t- I and mean, we were talking about that. He's over fifteen hundred lines. We have a lot of um dramatists in this school. And I kind of put to them, imagine having to learn that many lines. How do you feel about that? And they're like, God, that's very daunting. Um, and there's a lot of it's a like I say, like I said about E McKellen and judy Dench being powerhouses, it is a power, it is the powerhouse for oh, yeah. it is its masterpiece. You know it's it's a masterpiece for Shakespeare. But in terms of teaching it as a single text, I just, and we, again, I was kind of having this conversation with John before we came in. Sean, I'm, I'm sure you probably agree with me that the Shakespeare questions over the last few years in terms of single text, they're getting very specific. They're getting a little nasty. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly like the one example so, that... You know, yeah, we were talking about, you know, King Lear. So King Lear is going to be on the, the Leavenster course next year, Um you know, talk about Kent and the fool, you know, how, you know, know. that's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's yes. it's very, it's becoming very tough. So for me, as much as I love, and I am an absolutely massive fan of Shakespeare, and I would agree with you, John, that it is one of my, you know, favourite thing. I mean, I do love English, but it's one of my favourite things to teach. Yeah. Um, yeah, teaching it again as a single text, I, I would, I would think carefully on, I think oh, I might okay. kind of look at it as a comparative text and kind of look at those bits that you, that you find interesting, you know, the the human condition and things like that, rather than having to focus on, you know, Fortinbras and this and the, yeah. you know, the subplot of that, you sure. know, like you can like kind of focus the on the interesting parts. of Not yeah. that everything isn't interesting but well, Hamlet.
1: My theory, Hamlet was written first. Yes. And within a couple of years, he wrote Macbeth. And I think that the idea of Macbeth came from Hamlet. Hamlet was, Shakespeare was so bound up with the character of Hamlet. And yet there was this character in it. there was a king who had murdered mm. his brother mm. in order to become king, and he's just given one soliloquy in the play, "Oh my offense, this rank it's go you know and Shakespeare said, "I have to write a play with this guy as the central character
0: Oh, okay. um,
1: so he's he's got to write a play about somebody who murders his cousin in in mm. in order to become king mm. and um it, it, they're obviously very different plays, but I, I really think that the, the, the genesis of Macbeth is in Hamlet, oh. the character of Claudius. But he, he doesn't—he he doesn't get a chance. Hamlet won't shut up. You know, <laughs> <I>, That's—that's <shut up. laughs> really,
2: that's how I feel. I was, like I love Hamlet, but. Uh, the the play, but the the character, my god, he just drives me absolutely really? wrong. Oh god, yeah, yeah. Just in terms of that, exactly that the the indecision and but but obviously you can relate to it, and that's when you say like when you approach it uh, in terms of teaching the relatability of Hamlet is for a student and the the difficulty to you're, you're you know it it's kind of like a, what's it called? Um, I forget. It. Not Schrodinger's cat, you know, the, the thing where or it's um, Heisenberg, the uncertainty principle thing, that as soon as he alights on the solution, the amount of time it takes him to deliberate, yes. to go and find the solution to do the thing right, the 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 solution that he has now mapped out is no longer the right solution anymore because he has taken so much time yeah, so to deliberate over it. And that's so much of life. And if you can sort of appreciate that, uh, that you know, that that life will just keep, pulling you forward, you know, and you have to sort of just meet the moment and follow Fortinbras' um, uh, mentality, like, that's the way you're going to get some sort of mm. clarity. But the, I, I think if, for, if you know, 17-year-old me would have really benefited from, you know, understanding that message, you know, because it just be okay.
1: procrastinating. Well, but do, everything. do you agree with me that uh, it, it, the character of, like, Mac- You take the two characters, Macbeth and Hamlet, the characters, not the play. We can, I know I mentioned Ian McKellen earlier, but Hamlet, I've seen loads of productions of it, and different actors have really given fantastic uh, performances. You don't, well, I don't think of, oh, such and such a Macbeth, Macbeth, but I think of different Hamlet's and where mm. one was so much better than the other or one was so different to the other. Mm. Um, the, the, the best one for, for Watersworth was work uh, was um, Simon Russell Beale. Oh, yes. I yeah. saw him in yeah. The Gaiety, in fact. Oh, wow, okay. And he was a fat Hamlet. <laughs> Literally <laughs> fat. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so when Gertrude says he's fat and scant of breath, <laughs> she, she, means she means he's sweating, but in okay. this case he's was bloody fat. Uh, okay. So, uh, any, any other Macbeths or Hamlets, um, or actor well, performances that you particularly? Admired? Well,
0: we've yeah we we I think most of the uh, classes have watched the Benedict Cumberbatch version, you know, with the National Theatre. Oh right. And he's yeah he's very poised and. Um, I think he, yeah I think he plays him very well and they have these scenes as well in the national theater where cuz he's on stage for the majority of the yeah. like anyway but there's mm-hmm. these transitions and you can kind of mm-hmm. see him interacting with characters and things like that and I think that was kind of very interesting again to kind of get into the mindset of the character and the like yes. the psychological motivations and the you know the the dynamics between particularly himself and Ophelia um I thought he was very good and then Andrew Scott, I saw a production, yes. um, and I've, I have I I think I've disagreed. I can't remember who was saying that though. I didn't think they were very good, or he was very good in in Hamlet. But I actually felt like he kind of had. He really. Embodied that procrastination and that kind of, cause, yeah, and yeah. Do, no, because yeah. we we do think of Hamlet as, as intelligent. You know, he's a yes. student. Oh, yeah, he says, yeah. he's he's this ever student, I suppose, True. and very philosophical." And I I really got that from Andrew Scott's performance of this. And like when he performs the to be or not to be, it's not just you know he's not just rat, rat, rattling off. And if you're a good actor, you won't rattle it off. But yeah, you really see him kind of thinking through all those things, you know, to be or not to be. And, you know, thinking about what is better to be, to be mm. asleep or to keep yeah. going.
2: Um, One of the, I've, I recently watched, um, to harken back to an earlier point, I uh, recently watched the Coen brothers version of uh, Macbeth. Oh, yeah. And even with, you know, all of the modern Hollywood uh, special effects, they still don't get the beheading right. The, no. Like there there it's <laughs> so, and, and the rest of the film, I felt, you know, uh, both the the production team and the acting and everything was I uh, wouldn't say realistic. It, it's it's nicely it's very sparse. Uh, yes, and, mm. and it, it reminds me of like um, a Nosferatu or a, you oh, know yeah. like an, a very early horror movie mm. or in in the like it is black and white, but it's more it's uh, it, it's a, there's more of a sepia tone to it. But it just it looks like that. But when it comes to the beheading, it's it's yeah, mm. it's totally off. I sort of laughed aloud like that when when it okay, when it happened because yes, yeah. it's so at odds with the rest of it which I thought was brilliant. Yeah. But what I found really interesting um and for for modern students to sort of um pay attention to or to maybe uh, get something from you know, Denzel Washington is playing um Macbeth hmm. and uh the yeah, so the remember. moment when he yeah. uh when he realizes that he's going to go and kill Banquo and he starts talking about how his um you know uh the that the scepter is p- pulled from his gripe and uh, uh, you know be, in, enraging himself to to basically uh you know activate enough aggression to go through with the murder or to to get the assassins in to to sort him out um mm. uh the anger that he shows there is extremely similar to the character that he he performed in Training Day, you know, he's the the bench detective, and also in American Gangster, Mm. Ridley Scott's American Gangster, and it reminds me of the fact that Macbeth, like all modern gangster movies are following Macbeth's arc, you know, of, you know, he had to commit that one crime to get through and reach to the top, and at that point his paranoia sets in and you know, kills all those around him who, who helped him get there, or who could have potentially been a, a a friend you know so mm-hmm. uh for a, a new audience who are taking it on board mm. i thought you know it it allows them to maybe more clearly see the traces of how a lot of modern stories are you know taking they're, they're they have all the same moves as, as shakespeare's classics so uh, I, I really enjoyed that production. I just love Comed as well. Is yeah. there
1: any downside both of you have felt, or either of you has felt, to teaching Shakespeare?
0: Why would there be a downside? Why <laughs> well, would there be a downside yeah, to teaching Shakespeare?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, no, are, are, do, do you, what, you mean that? that we what were, were his... pitfalls, or you know, are there?
0: I think, yeah, the students, you said, it, you said it yourself there, John, you know, the language is, you know, they um, but they don't realise, I love telling them, they're like, oh, this is old English. I'm like, you want to see old English? yeah will yeah, oh, exactly. show old English. Old English yeah. um, and I, you know, I was like, no, this is early modern English. This yeah. is where our English comes from, you know? Yes. And I think it's, it's, and it's that idea, so I think when I was doing my master's, something that I was looking at was if we introduce it, you know, if you, if you introduce it from an early age and just keep, at it, Do you know, yeah. the, it's it's like any language. I think yeah. you know, if you don't yeah. practice your French, if you don't practice your German, yeah. you're gonna lose it. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with Shakespeare. I think it's just getting in that mindset and those rhythms of the iambic yeah. pentameter. And the more you engage with it, then the more it becomes kind of part of their uh, their culture and their learning and their education. So I think it's it's just about getting them engaged all the time yeah. with it. Um, yes, I agree. But yeah, yeah. I, so I, I think that sometimes
2: think it can it can help actually that to sometimes have to slow down and take a moment mm. and go, well, what is actually being said here that so, sometimes it, you might gloss over it in a more readily accepted or readily accessed register for the student that mm. they might read the same thing, but yeah, it, that it not land with them because they feel like they know it already, you know, yeah. when light thickens and, uh yeah. you know, you have to stop and say to yourself, yes. "What the hell do you mean by light thickens?" Yes. You know, um, <laughs> the things begin to droop and drowse. And, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, 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 that's one of my favorite parts of the whole. It day. is it's magnificent. It's magnificent. Mm. But um, and the rook makes wing or the crow makes ring to the wing to the rookie, rookie wood. wood. Yeah. Um, but all of those sort of images uh, actually sl- they force you to slow down a little bit, and that's not a bad thing. You know, I'd, I'd rather that we're not. Uh, always in um you know uh, results based business you know and mm-hmm. I, I would hope that we're never really in that in education but that's uh, th- that can help us realize okay now we have to change change um change gears here and um, open up a different part of our mind i guess to, to
1: and access. do you find that uh, again I, I, I I've done it for thirty five years that when you come to a play a second time or a third time, uh, the same text, that does any does it grow stale or does it... No, for no me, I, I don't for think...
0: Me. But then I haven't, I haven't. I mean, I've been teaching 10 years now, I suppose, but yeah. like, I don't. And it's it's again, it's the students you have in front of you and what they see and what yeah. they yes, gather exactly. from it as well. Yeah. So for me, it hasn't. And that's also what I was saying, you know, in terms of picking things. But I suppose with Leaving Cert, we're a little bit more... Um, Caged in, if for lack of a better word, in what we have to do. But I do get to do, you know, did get to teach the Tempest a couple of years ago, and this year, like I was saying, you know, get it's, with the second year is going into third year, we're getting to look at Twelfth Night. night yeah. So for me, it's about kind of choosing those things and challenging myself as a teacher. But I think with the great texts, you'll never stale of them. You will go back, and they will. You'll find something different, or a student will point out oh, do you, think, do you think it means this when you, they say this? And you're like, oh, I never, well, I never
1: you're, thought you're of You're dead it like right, that. Catherine. And that's why, after all, the, I, I never got tired of, because it was different every time. Mm. Yeah. Depending on the, the, the class that you yeah. have there.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's, yeah, so I think that's, thank you very much for our chat about Shakespeare and his legacy and um, for his, yeah, for his performances and, um, as I say, happy birthday, Shakespeare.
1: Be innocent of the knowledge, dearest Chuck, till thou applaud the deed. Come, sealing night. Scarf up the tender eye of pitiful day and with thy bloody and invisible hand cancel and tear to pieces that great band which keeps me pale. Light thickens and the crow makes wing to the rookie wood. Good things of day begin to droop and drowse nights, black agents to their praise do rouse. Thou marvels at my words, but hold this still. Things bad begun make strong themselves by ill. So, Prithee they go with me?